When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I just wanted to remind everybody to go to thebumppodcast.com and check out the Believer store. I have tons of merch on there. I'm putting new stuff up every time I turn around. Um, the more stuff I can think about, the more stuff I'll add. I'm, I'm doing everything from scratch. Everything's being designed by me. Uh, I hope you like it. Check it out. And also, if you need more content, um, bonus interviews here and there are going to start coming up. And the full video interviews with each of my guests that are cool with having themselves videoed are going to be on my Patreon. They're already on Patreon. If you join now, you'll have access to everything that's ever been uploaded. Uh, This is the Bump Podcast on Patreon. So check it out. I really appreciate all the love and the support. If you're looking for the ultimate gear in EDC or survival, go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check them out. Um, I've had Chris on the show a couple of times. It's his business. It's veteran owned. Every component of every product is 100% made in America. Plus you get packs that, that have the coolest names ever. You know, like the Rock Ape or the Minahuni. Go check out SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Uh, use promo code BUMP10 and save 10% off of any product site-wide. Hey, um, I'm Sarah. I'm the curator and founder of the American Snallygaster Museum here in Frederick, Maryland. Hey, Sarah. Um, Snallygaster, that must be like a a local cryptid for your area, right? Yes, it is. So we have a couple local cryptids um, in Maryland, but Snallygaster is the most famous one that no one's ever heard of, which is... (laughs) Um, it's the one that's gotten the most real life news coverage and had real interactions with with people. So I felt like it was important to raise awareness about it and tell people about it because I couldn't believe how many people were like, what are you talking about when I brought it up? So it really felt like it was a big deal to me. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah, like I was telling you before we hit record here, I didn't know what a snallygaster was, to be honest, until, you know, just a couple months ago. Um, if you don't mind, would you go into what it is, what it looks like, maybe the origin? I'm sure you know quite a bit about it if you're starting a museum, you know. So, okay, the Snallygaster uh, comes from the German term Schnellergeist, which means quick spirit. It was something that was kind of used um, 
in German culture to describe like, you know, you're sitting in a room and something suddenly knocks over, just weird little things. But somehow when they came over here to this area in the 1700s, uh, this creature came to be, and there's no real exact point where it, you know, became an invisible thing to a visible thing, but it's a, um, it's a chimera. So it's like a half dragon, half bird. Like it's got a bird's face, it's got one eye. And in a lot of accounts, it has these like really cool tentacles that come out of its mouth. Um, and supposedly, you know, it flies around and it sucks your blood with these tentacles and it's like a vampiric creature. Um, so it was just a word of mouth folklore type of thing from the 1700s on. And then there was this big snallygastic flap in 1909, right about the same time as all the Jersey Devil stuff was going on. And some people think they're the same creature, but the description's pretty different. Some people think they're territorial creatures that stay in their own zone. Um, so in 1909, there was a hostess Nalagasta sighting starting in Ohio that then came into um, Frederick County, Western Maryland area um, through to Carroll County through Pennsylvania. So we have like this little zone and that's actually a big feature we'll have in the museum is this map of all the different sightings. Um, during that Snallygaster flap, there was actually a real person killed and their death was attributed to the Snallygaster. His name was Bill Gifferson. And um, supposedly he was found drained of all of his blood or exsanguinated. Um, that death never got a full investigation. It was just attributed to the Snallygaster and that was that. Um, there is the tale of President Roosevelt coming to hunt the Snallygaster. It's hard to say if that was true or not, but it's a pretty interesting little bit of American history. So that's our first Snallygaster flap. Wow. Well, so there's a, on record, a death attributed to the Snallygaster. I think it is wild that somewhere out there, this person's cause of death is this creature. And that gives it this weird kind of realistic, like it's crossed into real life thing for me that uh, a lot of other cryptids don't have real deaths attributed to them. Yeah, yeah, see, and the thing is about the, the way it's described and the origin and all that, it sounds like it could fall in kind of like two camps, you know, it goes into the, the cryptid, obviously, I mean, if it's a physical creature, it, it's killed a man, you know, um, but also into like the paranormal side of things. Um, being like a spirit, you know, initially. But mm -hmm. was there just one or is this like a, a population, you know, kind of like a, uh, you know, kind of like Bigfoot. You I, know how there has to be something, if it's a physical creature, there has um, to be a, a healthy population. You would think, right? So there's a theory um, has a 23 year hatch cycle. Because after that 1909 flap, there was really nothing. The next Nallygaster flap happened in 1932, when supposedly the last one was killed by um, prohibition agents, which were like, you know, boo, hate them. Yeah. Um, it got drunk in a vat of moonshine, and the prohibition agents blew it up. So I'm um, not down. Um, so supposedly it's this, and that's what lends it more to the paranormal, right? That it's this being that somehow lays an egg and has like one hatch cycle every 23 years. I don't know of any sighting where there was more than one Snallygaster at a time. Wow. And where I'm like, oh, well, is it a flesh and blood thing or is it something else? Right. 
Right. And <laughs> getting drunk in a vat of moonshine. And maybe it stopped over here in West Virginia on its way to Ohio, from Ohio to Maryland. <laughs> you know? But that explains the, uh, I, you know, I was on your Instagram earlier and I saw the taxidermied snally oh. that you had made, which is just so. cooler than hell, you know. But it had the, uh, the little cask barrel underneath there. I thought, I, I didn't know what that was about, but now that makes perfect sense. That's awesome. I love it. And something interesting. So the, the person that made that taxidermy, Risa Reyes, is just, oh my God, I think the world of her. I can't, I've met her once and I'm obsessed. Um, but what's interesting, and I didn't even really get to talk to her about this. This was my notion is that that the seven-pointed star on that cast, the heptagram, is supposed to be this piece of uh, hex magic and folk magic that wards the Snallyaster off. So the fact that it's holding the cast with this ward on it is kind of like a fuck you, like, oh, sorry, I don't know if I can curse. A hey, you're you. Because he's, you know, clearly won whatever this was about. And I think that's pretty rad. Um, and that was kind of a cool component of her piece. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I really took it that way and enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. I'll, let me see that. Can you hold up that uh, oh, mason jar there? Got my Mothman moonshine jar that I made. I'm gonna have it in Morgantown this weekend for sale. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I made a and Braxy grafted monster sheep squat stuff, um, and then I got real deep with it. I don't know if you saw the Indrid Cold Gray Barkers like. John Keel Road that it went down, but hopefully, I'm really hoping weirdos will appreciate it as much as I do because I've been totally amused with my my BS this week. <laughs> that that is badass. That, that's gonna be in Morgantown, and it'll probably probably be before this makes it to the air, you know, to the podcast waves. But is that gonna be in like an Etsy store or anything like that? I am hesitant to sell glass because I do a lot of glass etching, and this is like a sealed vinyl on glass. I'm hesitant to sell glass because I'm so worried about it breaking and because everything the kind, like all my designs, like there's something different about everyone. So I'm kind of like my glass stuff is usually stuff I just give to people because I think it's fun as a gift. I would just feel really bad if something broke, but other stuff, yes, like my coffee cups and all that other stuff for sure. Tote bags, all that. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Um, are you going to other conventions? Are you going to be like, uh, if Mothman happens this year, if they do the Mothman Festival, are you coming down to that? 100%, yeah. I've actually already put in my vendor application for Mothman Festival. Um, I'm super stoked on it because I have uh, bribed my children. So I have really, really far apart boys, a 12-year-old and a nine-month-old. But the nine-month-old will be running around by then, and I've bribed the 12-year-old to dress up as Teddy Roosevelt with a gun, fake gun and chase the little one around dressed as a snallygaster because I just think that's going to be hilarious. So <laughs> I had to bribe him with this really rare like vinyl he wanted, but I was like, where the Teddy Roosevelt costume? It'll be so funny. So yes, we're doing that. We're doing um, the Tennessee Sasquatch thing where Sasquatch that plays the saxophone is going to be there. Um, Cryptid Con in November. And then a bunch of local Maryland stuff just to show some of our pieces and talk about it. Um, you know, Snallygaster and, and our ultimate thing besides Snallygaster is really Pennsylvania folk magic. We really want to preserve that history because it's, and, you know, Pennsylvania, Maryland folk magic is kind of dying out and people don't know about it. And so that's a big part of this for us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I get in, I get into reading about folk magic too. Um, I don't, I don't practice anything like that, but 
I love hearing about it and just the, the hard fact that that stuff works, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether it's, whether it's to, to, to heal or to, uh, you know, make your neighbor's socks fall down every time they stand up, you know, it's something, it, it works, you know? It does. I mean, I don't practice it either, but I think it's an interesting study. And um, I'm, a, I'm a nurse. I work in the emergency medicine field. And I've worked in Western, Western, Western Maryland. And there is some of that folk magic. So these people that live out in the mountains and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you because some of the stuff that y'all are doing really works. So there's, you know, there's stuff out there that we don't understand. So I'm really interested in it and, and preserving that history. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I hope I get to see you when you come down to the Mothman Festival, because I'll be there. I'll definitely be walking around and doing, you know, on the fly interviews and stuff like that for the show. So that'll be fun. So tell me, what got you into cryptids? Oh, goodness. Hey, um, so remember Weekly World News with like Bat Boy and Elvis sightings and all that stuff? Um, I was just fascinated with that. Every time I saw it in the grocery store, I would like beg my parents to buy it for me. I followed this Bat Boy saga for like way too long. Um, and I grew up in Texas, so there was like this big chupacabra flap in the 90s in Texas, and I got really deep into that, um, and it just like never went away. Like, I would always find myself, you know, searching for it on the internet or, God, I'm old. This is really dating myself, you know, like back in the AOL chat room days, like trying to find someone to talk to me about this weird stuff and having the internet the way that it is now and being able to find all these other weirdos is just like fed into this thing even I think it was really definitely weekly world news bat boy like we were discussing this on um clubhouse like bat boy was my first cryptid love him forever hope he's doing well kind of thing <laughs> so is bat boy your favorite or is it now the snally no Snally's definitely up there um as my my you know my og but um hmm Favorite is just very hard for me. Like I have favorites for a million different reasons. I like to make stuff with Fresno Nightcrawlers the most because I think they're so cute. But um, I don't know which one I read about the most nowadays. Probably Sally Esther just because of all the research. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter's favorite cryptid is the uh, Fresno Nightcrawler. She's 16. And uh, that was uh, at Christmas. I'm one of her stocking stuffers. I went to, uh, I think it's Mystic Novelty Company. They're on Instagram. Yeah, and they got this little glow-in-the-dark Fresno. So I, I got her one of those and threw in there just for fun. Um, I would say my favorite is, you know, I'm I'm boring. It's probably Bigfoot. Um, Mothman, maybe. Mothman's up there because I'm, you know, I'm from Southern West Virginia. What's Hello. that? Yeah. I'm 40 years old. Because I feel like Mothman and Bigfoot really resonate with this very specific group of men and it needs to be studied because it's not just you. It's like, I don't know, you're like 35 to like 40, 50. This is like big Bigfoot group. And then you get the younger people, like once you get the younger millennial Gen Zs, they start going a little more, like I feel like Mothman is their big thing. And then you get the friends colors. Like it's, I'm really, I hope somebody who does anthropology stuff studies this because I would really like to know why that is. Like, why do you identify with Bigfoot? Yeah. Well, you know, 
if I would be asked why I identify with Bigfoot, it's probably because one, the evidence, you know, there's a, there's all the evidence of Bigfoot, but two, I'm an outdoorsman. Everything okay. about, everything about survival in the outdoors, I'm all about it and always have been. And I've heard stuff out there that I couldn't explain. And I, I don't know. I just, I like the wild man kind of aspect of things. You know what I mean? I, I, I it appeals to me. Um, but yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about with the, the moth man. It's like the, uh, the millennials and Gen Z, they <laughs> love it. Strange. And I, and actually, like, I don't know how much you follow the stuff we're doing on Clubhouse, but we're all analyzing this 15-page research paper about why the LGBT community identifies so strongly with cryptids and this weird, like, kind of phenomenon. So I just feel like I wish people would just study all of the cryptid groupings a little more, because I think it's very interesting. Yeah, that'd make for a, a cool study. I would read it. Yeah, I would do. Yeah, maybe it's the outsider thing. Maybe it's the uh, the bad boy with the Mothman. You know, he's edgy. Uh, but who knows? You know, I, I think it's it's a cool topic. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Do you you want to go into your social media? Maybe uh, tell people where they can find you. Oh yeah. Um. So I am. Oh my god. I don't even remember my Instagram name right now. Snally Gaster Museum, I think, on Instagram. Yeah. I think I'm also Snally Gaster Museum on TikTok, which I'm trying to be more active on. Um, Facebook, we're the Snally House, because, I don't know, it was too long. Um, and we are still doing stuff with our website, so I don't have an official website yet, even though I bought the domain name. Awesome. Awesome. So, well, when you get the website up, I'm sure you'll announce it on all your social media, right? Okay, so everybody find a place to, to get in there and find the Snally Gaster Museum, find Sarah, and go check it out. That would be yeah. awesome. Um, appointment only for a little while because of COVID restrictions and because it is like a tiny cabin house thing. Um, but I'm really, really hoping that some people will stop by. I know it's a little out of the way, but I'm hoping it'll be something fun. I love those type of weird little road trip things. So I'm hoping other people will enjoy it as well. Absolutely. Where's it going to be at? Um, so we actually, this is part of it I should have talked about. Um, we live in one of the older houses in Frederick County. It's a historic property, like with historic designation from the 1700s that was built by German immigrants, which is why I felt very connected to the Stanley Gaster. So um, our museum is actually going to be on our property, um, like toward the back of it, because I don't want people walking up to my house. But um, we will be eventually doing some book signings, like wine tastings, meet and greet type of stuff in the house because it's such a cool property. It's so weird. Um, we have this weird like coffin door thing because they used to do all the town funerals in our house, in our parlor. So it's like a special door that you could slide coffins in and out of and there's just all kinds of weird, creepy stuff like that. So I'm really hoping we'll get to do some uh, events in here and have some of our, our cryptid friends over to check it out. But yeah, it's going to be here. We're actually in Liberty Town um, in Frederick County. So we're like in a really, really weird spot. But yeah, Frederick County, basically. So your house is from the, it was your home from the 1700s? So we were officially established 1789. 
and it's got a bunch of stuff in the National Register. It's the last or one of the last Federalist doors left in the country. Um, and we actually, when we bought the house, had to kind of schmooze them out of turning it into a museum because it's just, it's really wild. But the person we bought it from wanted it to stay with the family and have these like kind of happy vibes. So we were pretty happy about that. So eventually, yeah, we will definitely be opening our house to people for, I actually had a one group talk to me about doing a like vacation. So I'm kind of, you know, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it's cool. I've never seen a ghost here personally. That's Will. That, that's what I was about to ask. I was gonna say your house is 200 and some years old and you're gonna to try to tell me you don't have any ghosts. No, and I was actually, another conversation I had today. So my son's bedroom, my 12 year old's bedroom um, was the office of a civil war doctor who did surgery in that room. Not a peep, not a sighting, not a weird cold presence, not a door, I mean, nothing. It is such a bummer because I bought this house. <laughs> Locked in the house, the realtor shows up, and this is a coffin door. Like, I don't need to go any further. Sold, 100%. I wanted to live in a haunted house, and I got the oldest non-haunted house possible, apparently. I don't know how that works, but it's a bummer. Maybe the ghosts just don't want to talk to us personally. Maybe it's a thing with the, our family, but maybe they'll talk to someone else. So if ghost hunters want to come in and investigate, I would be super down for that. Awesome. You got some snobby ghosts that just don't want to talk. Very well maybe it's have you done a lot of restoration or anything or are you trying to keep it close to what it looked like be close to what it was i mean obviously a 12 year old's going to have all the fancy electronics ps5 all that stuff but um i mean we we haven't really changed the anything about it as far as like the layout of it we still have the original dirt floor in the basement like we're not doing a lot of that stuff so maybe if we do we'll make them angry is that what you're getting at? That's what I was thinking. Maybe if you mix it up a little bit, you know, like, oh, look, I'm, I'm hanging something on the wall. You know, how do you feel about that? <laughs> you know, just try to piss him off. But if, I guess that being German immigrants from the 1700s, they'd probably enjoy that. So <laughs> maybe I've got to put some Dueo stuff. That's the Snallygaster's enemy. Maybe that'll be. So what is the Dueo? Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. So the Snallygaster has like a mortal enemy. Um, called a dueo, which is a like dog man, wolf man kind of creature. From what I think was back and forth between people like the dueo because it keeps them safe from the Snallygaster to like they're both crazy. It's super strange, but there's not a whole lot of, um, of literature on the dueo. We're going to have a little section dedicated to it, but I was really kind of bummed that there wasn't more information like how the hell this came to be. It's so strange. Because why would a dragon bird chimera fight a dog man? Like it just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It's not like the dragon would win a hundred percent. Yeah, you 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 know it. <laughs> it would have to. Like with, with dog man, like you can't fly. What are you gonna do? Catch at it? <laughs> it's a strange, it's a strange situation there. Yeah, that's another part of the lore that's super weird. And then I think I talked about those the seven pointed star thing like we're hoping that we can do um a map with a tour of like all the because like a lot of the barns around here still have those stars on it so we're hoping we can do a tour of those barns where like if you're driving through you can drive past all of them and see the hex stars and kind of know that what that folklore came from because a lot of people don't know that either wow wow I mean, 
just just history buffs in general would love to come out that way and check out you know the the home that is still staying from the revolution you know that's i mean i think it's super cool my 12 year old's coming around thinking it's super cool um but yeah i would really love for people that know more about history and stuff than i do obviously to come out and and tell me more things about our house because there's a lot of weird stuff that i still don't know um why it's in our house like why the architecture is the way it is so that's an open call once COVID's over awesome awesome well once you get that museum open let me know or i'll be keeping my eye on it i'm sure because maryland's not too far i mean it's a it's all damn day drive but it's worth it you know i got family out there in maryland somewhere so uh i'll just make it a big road trip out of it stuff to do here too so it's not a wasted trip frederick's great awesome awesome well sarah thank you so much um like i said this show it'll probably be a few weeks before it comes on the air but uh I, I really appreciate you doing this. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the Snallygaster. I'm going to go look him up and see if uh, I can talk my kid into sketching a drawing of it for me because she's an artist. So, please. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Bye. Later. <laughs>part two of this episode um the first part ran a little short um i was talking to sarah about the snelly gaster museum and you know i don't know how i let the how all that wraps up wrap up so fast it only lasted about 20 minutes and i felt like it was a disservice to her so she was kind enough to come back onto the show today and uh bring along kenzie with her uh sarah and kenzie are co-hosts of the manic pixie ghouls podcast uh they have one episode out so far that i've seen um or listened to about bat boy it's a lot of fun i hope you guys check it out uh as soon as they come back on the as soon as they they join me on this call uh, we're going to try to get into uh what individual projects that they're into and what joint podcasts that they're doing together and other kind of projects that they might have I think they have plans of going to the Cryptid Con uh, this fall. And Kenzie is also uh, the host of Crypt Cryptid Chats. And I'll let her talk about that. So in just a few minutes, I'll I'll bring them on here. I just wanted to go ahead and do a little intro for it. Uh, again, for those of you that are watching it on uh, Patreon, I want to show you some of the merch that Sarah makes. This is her cryptid coffee cups. A lot of fun. I like it. She asked me what my favorite one was, and I told her, you know, for me it's Bigfoot. So she personalized it with the little Bigfoot stuff on there. Put him in the center of the cup. I really appreciated it. And she uh she actually hooked up my daughter too. It's uh Fresno Nightcrawler stuff. She's super nice. She went above and beyond for us here. So just a second and uh I'll bring them on and let them introduce themselves. Where Kenzie said that she had an experience or her family had an experience when she was five years old. I figured it would be a good place to start if she introduced herself, tell about that experience, and then what gets you both on here to just 
talk about your collaborations. I listened to the Bat Boy episode you guys did. I loved it. And I thought it was cool that, you know, one likes Bat Boy, one likes Mothman. And they're both West Virginia cryptids. Thank you very much. And <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that too, okay? Yes. All right. Kenzie, if you don't mind, why don't you go ahead and take it away? All right. Well, I'm Kenzie. I co-host Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls with Sarah. Um, I also have my own solo podcast. It's called the Crypto Chats Podcast. Um, And I am just a 26-year-old cryptid investigator from New Hampshire. Um, That's my tale. Uh, But when I was five years old, this is my Bigfoot story, um, my family lived in a trailer park and there was a fire escape door on one of the sides of the trailer. And my brother, my younger brother and I shared a bedroom. And one night at like eight o'clock at night, my dog started barking, my parents started screaming. I woke up and I started to run down the hallway. The fire escape door was right next to my bedroom door. So I stopped in front of it because I could hear noise coming from the other side of the door. Um, And it was like a scratching noise. And when I looked into the little window, uh, there was a face staring back at me that was definitely not human, but it wasn't fully animal either. It was like somewhere in the middle. Um, My parents had to chase the creature off uh, because it tried to get my dog. Um, My older brother got involved. He ran outside, tried to get it all figured out, but everyone came back in screaming because they were scared. My parents called animal control. Uh, and nothing ever came of it, but there was a bunch of like weird hair that was left outside of the the trailer park door, um, the fire escape door rather. And um, the part of that that's like really interesting that you have to like keep in mind is that on trailer parks, the doors are not level to the ground. Um, mm-hmm. They're a couple feet off the ground because of the nature of a trailer being able to move. Yeah. Uh, so the fire escape door, the bottom of it was about three feet off the ground. Um, so for this creature to be tall enough to have its face in the window, it had to be at least like seven or eight feet tall. Right. Um, and it was like blonde. I don't. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was very weird. Um, right. And now, like my when I was growing up, my my parents just pretended it didn't happen. And I would bring it up and they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And my brothers would be like, my brothers and I kind of like conspired together to try to like figure out what it was. Cause we were like, that was something like it had to be something. Um, And eventually my brothers grew out of it. And I was like, but I want to know what it was. And my parents still won't talk to me about it. So I don't know between like, I saw the face of it in the window and then found the hair and like weird little half footprints and stuff like around afterwards but my parents and my brother saw the majority of the creature and they won't talk about it so i don't really know what it was but i think it was a sasquatch oh that's what it sounds like you said look yeah half human half ape or half animal yeah i don't i mean i was five so like i couldn't sit there and tell you what kind of animal specifically it was and you know i'll be 26 next month so like it was a long time ago but i know for certain that it had very human features um but it was not a human it was definitely not a human um the running theory it was really scary i I literally didn't sleep for like a week my parents for a while tried to convince us it was a bear and i was like that's not a bear i was like i know what a bear looks like right and that's not it and bears also aren't that big yeah, good luck finding an eight foot tall bear in New Hampshire, right? 
Well, especially because I grew up on the coast of New Hampshire. I grew up in one of the like five coastal towns in New Hampshire. And when I was like growing up and still thinking about this situation, I did a bunch of research into like what the bear population in like coastal New Hampshire is. And there basically isn't one. Right. So I was like, I find it hard to believe that there would be a bear at this random, like that just happened to stumble upon our house in this trailer park in the middle of a coastal town. Right. And try to take and it. And bears don't have like, they have a bear face. Like it's not They have like muzzles. Human. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a whole schnoz. Like I, I don't like that. A schnoz. Schnoz <laughs> berry. So is, is that what exactly. got you into all of this? Is that what got you into cryptids and the paranormal and everything? Actually, no. Literally not at all. So when I was a kid, my dad is a paranormal investigator and he has been uh, since he was probably in his teen years. Uh, he grew up in a super haunted house in Amesbury, Massachusetts, mm. um, and was just really into it forever. Um, and when I was about eight years old, I finally was allowed to go ghost hunting with my dad. I had been begging him for years and my dad was like, well, it's not safe for kids. And my mom was like, no fucking way. You cannot do that. Wow. So my mom is afraid of her own shadow and she did not want anything to do with like me being allowed to ghost hunt. Um, and eventually I was allowed to go, uh, and it kind of like tied in with my like interest in cryptozoology because my grandmother on my dad's side, my dad's mom, um, was really into UFO UFOs and aliens. And when she started to have access to like research on ufology and all of that stuff there, it was a big uh, topic of conversation was like the correlation between Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings. Um, so from there, she kind of like got really into Bigfoot specifically um, and started her own kind of like love for cryptozoology and my grandmother and I were very close when I was a little kid and she passed all of that to me and I just took it and ran with it. And now here I am. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Runs so cool. family. That is cool. Yeah, no, it really that does. That is so cool. <laughs> I love it. So Sarah, how did, how did you and Kenzie meet? Um, we were doing a clubhouse together, like in February. Um, and I was running my mouth about something I'm sure. And then somehow like missing 411 came up mm-hmm. and we are both obsessed. And she messaged me and she's like, Hey, if you ever want to talk about missing 411 and like missing people in national parks, like talk to me. And we just like, haven't stopped talking since then. <laughs> Basically, <yeah. laughs> Basically. Nice. Nice. So I might, well, I probably didn't mention this. I mentioned it before we started this final recording here. But why don't you all tell me about the joint podcast you guys have together and your individual projects and everything and just really plug your own stuff here. Well, okay. Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls is like a combination of all of our weird interests. Uh, we're going like missing 411, cryptids, folklore, pop culture, like everything weird that kind of goes all together. Um, and I feel like it's a really good mix because there's a lot of really heavy research heavy cryptid stuff um and it can be research heavy but still have some goofing around and like that's kind of my happy middle that we're trying to reach and um we're recording our second episode tonight so we're very excited but our first one was bat boy obviously the og (laughs) 
Yeah. I feel like it's a really like refreshing take on cryptozoology because it is very light and like very mm -hmm. digestible. Um, not to say that like a, a heavily like factual, you know, podcast isn't um, easily digestible, but Sarah and I like to keep things like silly and goofy and fun and yeah. it's mm -hmm. enjoyable for us. Everyone's telling us it's enjoyable for them too. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, which has been nice. The yeah, feedback listen, has been nice. I listened to the first episode and it is enjoyable. You know, it's it's like sitting in on a conversation, you know, and yeah. I just go along for the ride and you guys are talking about whatever you want to talk about and you're you know, you stay on, you stay on topic, but you, you have your tangents and it's, it's fun. You know, it, it keeps it alive. You know, it, it, you don't get bored and like, okay, hurry up. You know, not, not a history lesson. It's good. Yeah. I, I want cryptozoology and anything that we do to be a very approachable thing. I don't want anybody to feel like they're going to get laughed at if they ask a question or the people are going to be really gatekeepy and oh if you don't know about this and this or if you don't know about this theory then you can't be a part of the conversation and I think that Kenzie and I have both been um excluded in that way yeah, from absolutely. different conversations or groups or things like that because it is such a male-dominated area and because people just don't take you seriously when you look like very feminine right. and so I want it to be a very approachable thing for everybody like when I went to CryptidCon in 2018, I was really uncomfortable to go up to certain booths because it was really intimidating. And I'm hoping that when we're there this year, it'll be, a, you know, we'll be the safe area that everybody can feel comfortable and feel welcome and ask whatever they want, talk about whatever they want and not be made to feel silly. Yeah, I can appreciate that. And you're right. It, I, you know, I'm a big guy, you know, I, I wouldn't understand where you guys have to come from, you know, as far as that. I don't walk into a room and feel intimidated, you know, but I never considered that, you know, and I, I would want everybody to be comfortable. I mean, hell, we're talking about cryptids. You know what I mean? We're all a little weird to start off. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? And we're all probably a little awkward in our own ways. Mm -hmm. So to, to add, you know, a, that uncomfortable feeling on top of it. That sucks. You know, I think everybody yeah. should be able to just be themselves. And if, if there were, I hate to say it like this, but if you're going to these conventions and you guys look extra feminine, as you said, it, they're probably intimidated too. You know, you're talking to a bunch of nerds. They probably, don't, they probably don't know how to, how to take two girls coming up and trying to talk to them. So it's probably, it goes both ways. Like, they probably had that intimidation factor too, just for different, you know, a different reason. They're probably not used to having attention and you're not used to having to go in there and be in this male dominated field. So I'm glad yeah, it can get a little bit weird. And it, it's just, I think that cryptozoology should be much more open to everybody, not yeah. just, you know, feminine women, like there's people of color, LGBTQ people, everybody should be able to feel welcome because we all identify with cryptids for a reason, right? Like we all feel yeah. drawn to them for our own reasons, whether it's we feel outcast or we want to believe something else exists or whatever it is. And that's not specific to any one group of people. So everyone should have a spot at the table. Yeah. I think. I, I, I think so. Sarah and I's overwhelming goal is like inclusivity and like, I don't know, entertainment and education mm -hmm. in a way that's like, a, that's, what's the word I'm looking for? 
accessible. Accessible to everyone, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Yes. I think that's a, a great approach to take to it. And people will appreciate that. You know, it, it'll actually mean something to people instead of just in a passing interest, they'll be able to feel comfortable there. So I, I think that's cool. I think it's cool that you guys do that. Let's see here. I got a few notes, okay? Listening to your, your Bat Boy episode, I noticed, and I, I talked about this off the air, but we're going to talk about it now. And I'm doing this for a specific reason. <laughs> Sarah, you said that you have a, a crush on Bat Boy, right? Is that a safe way to put it? <laughs> As a child, yes. Oh my child. God, I was, so, I was so in love with Bat Boy. And, and Kenzie, you said your, your favorite or your, your starter cryptid was the Mothman, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, I hope that From the Shadows podcast listens to this. Because they like to talk trash a little bit about West Virginia. No, they were saying so much nice stuff. They <laughs> no, you don't so know. Shane picks on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it all the time. Now, those are both West Virginia cryptids, you know. So three cheers for West Virginia for being weird. It's okay. It's okay that we're White odd. White we to West Virginia. Yes, thank you. We can have our cannibals and we can, you know, we can have our big <laughs> mothman. <laughs> i just tell you guys that there was um uh there's a state park in massachusetts that's right across the border from new hampshire that is like home to a lot of weird legends and like it's supposedly super haunted but there was a legend in the 70s that there was a whole like pack of albino people living in this park and they were all cannibals and like killed people with chainsaws and nope. that was like a real legend that everybody believed for a very long time in new england <laughs> and i <laughs> and i just think about it sometimes and i'm like wow one of my friend's moms in high school told us that she was chased out of the park while she was pregnant with our friend by these <laughs> chainsaw wielding cannibal albino people <laughs> But if you're a cannibal, a chainsaw is the least efficient way to get to the meat. You're just going to fuck it all yeah. up. Yeah, it just yeah, ruins it's just everything. Gonna, you're going to shred it. It ruins yeah. everything. Maybe they want, maybe they want I mean, a, a I pork sandwich. You know, maybe they want it loose. Even then, you're going to miss <laughs> all the cartilage and tendon and everything. Like, it's not going to be very good. No, no. Hard well, thing. I didn't start the legend, so you can't blame me for that detail. But <laughs> somebody messed up there. <laughs> It's all your fault, Kenzie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I shouldn't have even mentioned cannibals. That's so nasty. No. Hey, are you guys going to uh, stay in cryptids or are you going to dabble into like true crime and stuff like that too? Because it seems like a lot. I don't really talk too much about it. Mm. I don't really care that much about true crime, honestly. Yeah. I, like, I don't like, I like dislike it, it. But it's all been covered. And like, I yeah. feel like. Um, it's very easy to go into kind of like a, a yucky place with true crime and glorify yeah. killers or yes. not be as sensitive as you'd like to the victim. So I'm just kind of like, I think it's really interesting. I always will watch it and listen to it. And some of my favorite podcasts are true crime, but I just don't think it's like a subject matter that really... I don't know. Like, I don't think it goes with the vibe that I, I don't think it's like we're being silly and I don't, I don't want to bring yeah. someone's misery into that. 
We'll see. I, For I me, to... I like have a very strong preference of true crime stories that have like a supernatural aspect to them. Yes, I, like, if it has supernatural, we will do it. Them. Yeah. Yeah, but I just in general, I'm like, yeah, someone killed someone. Like that's not. Yeah, that sucks. Exactly. So I don't really like true crime that much. I don't actively dislike it, but it's not like my my go to choice usually just for that mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, because, you know, I, I asked that because I had a few people ask me about true crime episodes and I bring guests on. So I typically wouldn't have a serial killer come on my show and talk about their experiences. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Um, that stuff. I'm I'm super empathetic you know so if I hear about it it breaks my heart you know when my wife turns yeah. on my order I go to bed early I can't listen to that kind of stuff it's sad but yeah. that being said uh <laughs> next week I'm gonna have a it is kind of like a true crime episode but it's the supernatural kind that you know Kenzie hit on there uh it's a local mm-hmm. it's a local legend so it's She's not a cryptid, you know. She's she's definitely is a ghost. it. She's is it Greenbrier her, ghost? It's the uh, Mamie Thurman legend. I don't know Ooh, if you guys have ever heard of Mamie. I Thurman. don't know that one. I haven't. No. It's so, I'm very excited. So good. Now the woman who who I brought on the show to talk about it. She's mm-hmm. an expert. She's a historian and a playwright, and they did a local play that won state awards. You know, um, based on the the factual information. It has wow. It's got like it's That's set me. in the 1930s, so there's like speakeasies. <gasps> yeah, I live wow. for that kind of stuff. I love, there's, love that time period. It's so there's betrayal, it's so much weird there, stuff. Yeah, it's so good. It's got small town politics. There's a murder mystery. Uh, there's a scapegoat. This you know this poor African American gentleman. Yeah, he was like the handyman of the home, and he gets accused, and mm. horrible things happen. His lawyer was in the Klan. I mean, it's. It's a horribly sad, tragic story, but it's so interesting. And then there's the ghost of Mamie Thurman, who is still haunting the hills to this day, which makes it okay to bring on. The show. You know what? Good. I love a vengeful woman ghost. Oh yeah, well, I, she live, is. I can live for it. I love it. She is and like the epitome of as, as she should be. I think tonight on um, Clubhouse we're talking about urban legends and mine is a vengeful woman spirit. So I'm like so pumped. So my thing with true crime also is that um, my dad was in uh, locked up for attempted murder mm. and he was locked up with a pretty famous uh, case in California that's pretty gruesome. And so like, I grew up hearing about that kind of stuff a lot, which is what drew me into it. But I'm like, I don't know if that was the greatest thing to like constantly be exposed to. Right. Uh, I, it's interesting and everything, but like, um, for instance, when you open my baby book and you get to the year that it happened, my mom kept all the newspaper articles. <laughs> my dad's crying and it's really pretty horrible someone's face got almost all the way cut off like it was pretty horrible wow so I'm like you know that person probably wouldn't like it if I was just rambling about it like it's just such a I don't know it's such an icky feeling yeah and I don't know there's just so many problems with that kind of coverage I don't think I could do it in a way that would be respectful even in a case that I was involved with like I just I couldn't it's too so if it had a supernatural element yes Yes. Like Amityville. The only ones that I like would would want to talk about was like the Elisa Lamb case. Yes. 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 
um but like because like that one's like it's it's got a weird vibe to it so it's Mm -hmm. you know but otherwise i'm like most of them i'm like yeah a white man killed a bunch of people like that's sad like (laughs) that's just depressing like yeah it is is. so i'm sorry to bring it up (laughs) let's let's crank this back up a little bit but speaking of ghosts uh another west virginia story there's a actually there's a beer named after this one um i think her name was zona i think that's what it is but she uh actually stood trial in court they had a a ghost on the witness stand (laughs) don't ask me how but it is the only case in America where a ghost was used as a witness to help get somebody. Is it the one where she appeared in the dream to her mother? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I, yeah. I vaguely know that case. That was so cool. Yeah, they made a beer after her. It's called Zona's Revenge. It's a whip beer. It's is it so, good? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's sick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to have a beer. I want to make a beer. <laughs> I don't even drink beer. I want to get seltzer, I guess. Did you see that there was a, a Bat Boy beer, Sarah? Yes, yes. I got tagged in it and I was literally losing my shit. That's like, the same company. I want it so bad. Yeah. You guys, you guys got to come to West Virginia. You're so close. Just I know. I know. Well, we're going to stop I'm by far. on our way to Cryptid Cron. Cryptid Cron. When Kenzie <laughs> comes Cryptid down Cron. there, Cryptid Cron, because Cryptid. When we are driving <laughs> <laughs> to Cryptid town gather, <laughs> scripted gathering um we are definitely going to stop we're definitely stopping in point pleasant and flatwood so like those are our on the way down and then when we come are you going to come to the moth boys thing in august because we're also going to stop obviously we're going to be at that i'll be at the uh, the mothman festival no 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 well yeah that too but the the moth boys uh film whatever thingy that's happening in august i didn't even know about that one Oh, well, I'll I don't think they you announced it yet. Oh, just kidding. Cut this one oh, out. Okay. <laughs> it's a secret still. Okay. Right, so, okay, let's go back and pretend I didn't just say all that. Oh, or no, say Cryptid Cron. <laughs> no, I liked Cryptid Cron. That was fun. Cryptid Cron is way better than Cryptid Cron. Cryptid Cron is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else left for us to cover? I know Sarah did an in-depth analysis of the Snallygaster on the first part of what's going I to be did. this did uh thank you again for doing that too by the way oh it's it's always a, a pleasure and i always find some new weird canally story or fact that comes out of the woodwork um i'm trying to do a little bit more on the dueo which is his or i don't know what the snally their um natural enemy like their sworn enemy it's like a dog man creature yeah. and um i released like a shirt because the so the german people that have this maligaster lore called it the hexen wolf and i think that's the most mm. badass name i've ever yeah. heard in my life so um i made like a hexen wolf shirt and i'm going to start talking about the hexen wolf or dueo a little bit um and how he ties into some other um maryland dogman sightings because dogmen i mean kinsey and i have said this before dogmen are the absolute worst they scare me so, so bad terrifying. Oh, yeah. they're yeah. so scary <laughs> they're, yeah. but, like I- I try to choose not to believe it. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm like... Wait, can I just tell you guys something that I saw the other day on Reddit? Um, Yes. Can we just discuss it briefly? Um, So I saw someone on Reddit say that Dogman and Ozark Howlers are the same cryptid. Hmm. Why? I don't know. (laughs) They're not. Who are these people that you're talking to? Like, the same person that said that the... um, 
do y'all love past people died in a fire like give me oh that was some rando on twitter that tried to like get me and was like oh go do your makeup you're wrong and i was like i am not wrong first of all it literally was like okay dude like you don't even follow me go away yeah get lost this is yeah fuck that guy whoever you are guy on twitter come to CryptidCon. And catch these Let's hands. Fight. Literally, I want to fight. Like I'm catch pissed. these hands. I'm like how I still did do my outside. makeup, and I looked beautiful, and I was still right. <laughs> yeah, tell him to so. wash his ass. Like, ooh. <laughs> I just want to show you this awesome uh, print, and I'm actually gonna have the whole comic of this that this person on Instagram named Slackmatic made, and it is the oh my ring lights fucking it up. Hold on. It is the Snallygaster versus the Dwayo. Yes. Oh, or Hexen look. Hold on, let me turn this up. It's so freaking sick. Like, awesome. so he did a whole comic about it, and I'm like super excited to have it in the museum. That is awesome. So everyone should go look at his stuff. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I, I checked him so out. You like, post, I think you posted that on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. His stuff is freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Yeah, he's badass for sure. All right, this thing is going to kick me off. I don't know if y'all use Zoom for three people yet, but no, I barely like, can use Zoom for two people. It's a lot for me. Well, three people, it gives you 45 minutes for free and then they start charging you or whatever or make you upgrade for a hundred and seven dollars. Ticking down in the corner. Yeah, so we well, got- are you going to come to Whiskey Taste Day next month? Is it on the 8th of May? Mm-hmm. Okay, that exact same day, there is a Bigfoot meet in Charleston, West Virginia that I've already signed up for. Ugh, they're not so- going to have whiskey. I know, but I can take my own whiskey. <laughs> fine, 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 fine. Okay. But how do I get sure, a hold of that? If I get my job before then, I will definitely be there. I'm going to see if people want, even though I'm, so I, I asked um, Shane from, because he's like a postal person, and I was like, how much trouble, how, how much mail jail will I go to if I mail people? Because he wanted some for his people and he said I wouldn't go to like serious mail jail as long as I like wrap it really good so I was gonna have whoever wants one Venmo me and then I was gonna just buy them and wrap them up really good and send them because you can't technically send it right cut this part too but yeah I can send you some I'm gonna buy a bunch of bottles of it so oh well definitely can you, can you send Venmo me too you. so I can bring one to the cryptozoology museum also oh hell fucking yeah because Lauren Coleman wants one yeah um, I just um I just got a job a summer position at the International Cryptozoology Museum literally yesterday. Um, I sat down with Lauren Coleman and Jean and Nate who both work there and they decided to hire me because I'm very Because you're the fucking shit. Uh, I'm so excited. So we need to send okay we gotta send a bottle for them and then we've got to make them some cups too. Yeah well we were talking about that because at one point I went to go fill out my paperwork and Lauren was like I really want some souvenirs from the Sally Gaster Museum. And I was like, well, Sarah will definitely send them to you. Yeah, like I send stuff to anybody. Like if you, I send Snally's flag <laughs> bags out, like of yeah. course I would make like a sick cup for them. Oh, that'd be yeah. so funny. I think I got, if you can see back here in the corner, I got a picture of me and Lauren Coleman right here. Oh my gosh. Where I met That's him. That's so cool. Let's see what, yeah. Get the dust off of it. There it you does. go. Oh yeah! Oh my God! How that cool was when was that? Mothman Festival, I think 2016, 2015, something like that. Oh, I will be at Mothman Festival this year too. Yeah, for sure, I'll be there. We'll, we'll definitely have, yeah. to, we'll have to hook up. We do the Snallygaster whiskey there. Yeah, drink that Snallygaster whiskey for sure. 
See how you don't even smell it, you know? I know, but I can't be trusted to hold on to it. I mean, I don't drink whiskey, but I feel like I'll do something stupid. There's just no way I won't knock it over. You can send an extra bottle to me and I won't drink it. I happen to I happen to know a guy that bought a lava lamp and then put whiskey in the box because it looks took the lava lamp out. I mean, oh, I thought he drank it. I was no. like, oh yeah, that's what me. I thought you were gonna okay, say. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, please don't drink it. Okay. I bought my daughter a lot, and then I took the box and I put a whiskey bottle in it, and I mailed it to my buddy in Michigan, and it never, it never got flagged because it, you know, it has that liquid feeling in it and all that stuff. Oh, true. Mm. It worked out. It worked out. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. And then, like, if I do go to mail jail, Shane will just come get me out. Yeah, there you go. Because I would never survive. You go to actual jail if you try to mail something you're not supposed to? No. I mean, I think if you try to mail, like, black tar heroin or something, <laughs> but, like, I'm pretty sure liquor, they probably just confiscate it. So Yeah, yeah Shane, probably, that's how Shane will get it right there. <laughs> He's going to confiscate it. <laughs> All right, guys, is there anything else you want to uh, throw out there, any kind of social media handles or anything? Because we got about two and a half minutes left before it kicks me off yeah, so um we are manic pixie dream Ghoul, manic pixie dream ghouls on instagram and i'm also um at american smelly gaster museum and my new website is up smellygastermuseum.com which will link to all the social media stuff and please subscribe to our patreon for manic pixie dream ghouls yeah please do give us your money um i'm at cryptid baddie um and my solo podcast is at the crypto chats podcast um and yeah, that's it. I mean, subscribe to our Patreon, please. Let us send please, you because I'm going to make that boy, that boy totes. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Well, I will try to put all of that into the show notes before tomorrow <laughs> night. <laughs> so, okay. no problem. No problem. All right. And if I don't, I'll edit it. It'll be in there. Just it might take me a. a we trust. We trust your judgment. Don't even. I got this day job I got to worry about too. So. Show off that nightcrawler cup back there though. Oh, I, I did that during the uh, original intro before everybody jumped on. Check it awesome. out. Awesome. Check it out. You oh, want to so describe cute. it a little bit here? It's so cute. Your cryptid. We got Bigfoot. Yeah. We got all the cryptids, all the Personal baddies on there. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love it. It's even got a jackalope on it. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. I love this. I thing. tossed some weird ones on there. Some of them I put little secret Snally Gasters on too, but I don't know who it went on. <laughs> we'll do Oops All Snally Gaster in September though. I love it. Fun. Thank you very much for it. Thank you. Bye. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to the bumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to thebumppodcast.com. Click the holler at me button and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.